Hey guys, Jeff Beggins here. Thank you for listening to the BE3 podcast. For the last 25 years now, with 55,000 transactions, billions of dollars in sales, coaching and training thousands of real estate agents, we've seen a lot, we've heard a lot, and we've done a lot, and now it's about giving it back to you. It's about empower, educating, encourage you to be the best you can be and take you to the next level. Thanks for listening. All right, what's going on, B3? We've got a fun one today. You got the Beggins brothers coming at you today. You got Jeff Beggins and, and Craig Beggins. Good to be here. We're in beautiful Tampa, Florida today. And uh, one of the, the coolest offices that we have, I'd say. And the topic today is going to is a little confronting. And I think it's so critical for you watching. And I think you're going to end up tagging some friends who are going to need to hear this on this one. It's we have way too many agents in this industry and not enough real salespeople. And I know what we've been doing a lot is taking the stance of reintroducing sales into the real estate business a lot. So let's talk about the difference. What do you think the difference is between salesperson and an agent? Well, I think you talk about order taking versus presenting an option that's a better solution. That's a good one. Yeah. Right. So just a close example for the agents that watch this, you know, when a seller Let's say it's a good client of yours and they need to they need to move unexpectedly and they only bought the house a year ago, right? They need to sell, you feel bad, so you lower your commission and help them sell their house. They're gonna lose money no matter what, right? right? The house didn't go up 8% in value and it's gonna cost them 8% to sell it. So an agent will lower their commission to make them feel better. right? But a salesperson is gonna go at them with other options. And I'll tell you what, lowering a commission on a sale that needs to happen is not the best option, but it takes a salesperson to relay that point. Well, what, let's talk about what a salesperson is, right? Because the the stereotypical picture of what people say is salesperson, right? The first one that pops in, what pops into your mind when you hear salesperson? Like what type of person? For me, it's a car salesman guy with a cigarette in his hands. He's hanging out in front of a car lot and he's trying to talk people. Hey, baby, you look good in this car. Trying to be doing, <laughs> trying to talk people into doing things, right? Yeah. That's kind of the, the old school traditional what a salesperson is, but that doesn't work anymore, right? That's way over. So, what do you think it's becoming now? Well, it's consultative. Let me give one more example. So, I've got this developer I'm working with, and we're representing one builder in this neighborhood as a listing brokerage, right? And he wants me to represent he, me, the company, to represent him, and I got some really cool plans for him. But then he's got a builder who works with him that doesn't want to work with us because we're representing another builder in that same neighborhood. And I'm like, dude, you're not hiring us to find the buyer. You're hiring us to represent your interest and market your properties. Right. And he didn't get that. So I got a big presentation tomorrow with all those builders in the room and said, look, the sales process is what you're missing. We're going to bring the customers to the model to the sales center. We're going to educate them on the features and benefits of the community. Then we're going to take them to the models and they're going to choose. I'm not going to sell them a house. They're going to like the features and benefits of this house or they're going to like the features and benefits of this house better. And all I'm going to do is guide them and help them clear the clutter. Well, I think that's... I'm not going to buy this house because you tell me to. Right. And some people think you can talk people into buying a house. Now, if you look right on here, that's what we're talking about. The the B3, for those who don't understand the genesis of B3... It's Beggins, it <laughs> empower, educate, and encourage. E to the third power. 
So that's that's what we're talking about. But nobody can nobody's going to buy anything unless they're ready to buy it. Now, interesting correlation. This I was talking with a client of the company's over the weekend that's thinking about selling a very large house on the Gulf and multi million dollar property, spectacular piece of property. And he's been having a whole lot of agents come to him, right, pitching him, oh, yeah. trying to sell him. And it was interesting because I've got a good trust relationship with this guy. So he says, come on over, let's just chat. I said, that, that's his chat. And I said, you do whatever you want. It doesn't matter to me in any way, shape or form. I'll help guide you through the process. You might have a friend who wants to buy it. I'll look at the contract friend. I want a penny. Right? Just talk to me. And so he says, well, this agent came over and, and showed me this. And she was selling me on how her magazines are so important and this, that and that. And, and I said, okay, okay. Well, the resistance is saying, oh my God, right? Shoot me. But the reality of she was selling them on why they should hire her, right? Selling rather than actually listening to what they actually really want to go do. And sales, the biggest thing for me, I think sales is nothing but asking questions, trust, right? Creating trust by asking questions, listening to the answers and relaying back your solution to the answers in the, in the manner which they, they, they speak. Right. So what, the long story short, there could be a whole podcast to itself, but this was, I said, look, home search is over. For the <laughs> magazine, the, the days in the magazine are over. Those little frilly things, all they do is feed your ego, and it is what it is, but they don't work, right? So if you want that, I think it's stupid, but you can want what you want. The reality of it is you're moving to where they're moving to, right? And they said, yeah. And I said to the wife, I said, I bet you right now, if I opened up your phone, You've got saved searches. She goes, I do on Zillow and on realtor.com. I said, perfect. So every property that hits the market right now in your parameters You're getting is going to notify you with an email, right? And push notification, whatever you have set up for yourself. She goes, yeah. I said, no magazine works. I said, you guys are in the highest level luxury of anybody I know, right? And you're looking on your saved searches, just like everybody else's. So the days of the exclusive magazines, they're over guys, they're over, right? So we've lost that. We don't do anything to attract the buyers. The buyers are going to see the property, whether they hire Joe Blow real estate for $199 to put in the MLS, or they're going to hire a full service brokerage to fully represent them. Same exposure is happening. Now, with that said, videos are amazing and photos can be done at whole different levels to really showcase. And that's how you start to sell. I said, where the, the, the value really comes in is what happens when they call? What happens when they want to set the appointment? What happens when they walk through that front door? That's where sales comes in. in my, my it's that's demonstrating features and benefits. In a certain way. Right. Because in a way that's relevant to the consumer. You and I have <laughs> really complementary strengths and weaknesses. Yes, we do. And so if we were going to go see a house, you would buy a house totally differently than the way I buy a house. 100%. And so the salesperson, a smart, an agent would show you the house and an agent would show me the house. A salesperson would actually understand you by the car you drove in, the way you were wearing, the way you were speaking. Are you D-I-S-C? Are you visual, auditory, kinesthetic? Take a second, pause, go into neutral, analyze the situation and the client, and then now she or Speaks he in that language. presents this property in the language that you speak. And then if I'm the next showing, that salesperson would have to hit neutral, pay attention to me, and present that house in the way that it makes sense to me. Right, that's sales, and that's understanding how to connect and know what people actually really want. And so, agenting, there's no value there, right? If you're an agent, you're the, you're a commodity because there's 1.6 million 
agents running around mm -hmm. in the in the industry right now with maybe six million home sales and adjusted yeah. average up. And nobody's presenting features and benefits. I was talking to one of our agents. I was proud of her. A house across the canal from me came on the market and it didn't get listed with us, which like pisses me off. Right? Yeah. I'm the broker. I've been in the community. I talk to this guy on my boat every time I go out and he lists with some agent at a discount rate and his house went on the market for six months, didn't sell. Yeah. One of our agents got it. I swear to God, six days later, it was under contract. And I said, it was Andy. I said, Andy, what did you do? She says, I just explained the features and benefits. I attend every show showing because I'm not just selling that house. I'm selling the community, the neighborhood, the features, the boat ramp, the pool, the community center, yep. the beach, all that type of stuff I'm presenting as part of the package. The agent that they hired at a discount didn't do any of that. Yep. And the customers came in from out of the area, didn't know the local benefits. That's what salespeople do. You're right. And then there's, you hit and, a and, and better salespeople do it like you're saying with the DISC knowledge and the VAK knowledge and the pause and reflect and understand to speak back to the terms. The way well, the but uh, you hit a couple of interesting words there before too, because it's value versus price, right? 100%. Now that guy, that he seller. six months on the market. But he, he wanted the lower price, right? He thought he wanted the lower price. He thought price. he wanted the lower price. The salesperson didn't explain to him that six months went by with his $3,000 a month mortgage payment. That's he lost 18, 18 grand. grand plus HOA dues plus taxes plus air conditioning and he moved out the house was right. vacant for but, six months so here's here's the interesting thing that I'm thinking a lot about today and we actually did a little morning drive on it this morning is the cheap agents are not skilled correct okay and skilled, skilled agents are not cheap and let that sink in for a second they're skilled Agents are not cheap. Cheap agents are not skilled, right? So, but that's okay. There's a time and a place for everything and depends on what you actually want to buy. Now, there are buyers out there that are thrilled to death to spend 400 grand on a Rolls Royce Phantom, right? And there are people that think that's stupid and would rather spend 26,000 on a Kia. They're both cars that both get you where you want to go to, that there's intangibles associated with the Rolls that are not associated with the Kia. For example, there is a totally different gauge of steel frame mm -hmm. chassis of security in the rolls than there is a Kia. Yeah. If you were to get into an accident, right, God forbid, I would much rather have the rolls wrapped around me than a Kia, right? <laughs> I bet you the airbags are a different quality. I bet the quantity of them is different. And I bet the safety features and the way the engine drops and all those things, I don't even know but I feel comfortable enough that an extra few hundred grand is gonna buy some certain things, right? And then there's also the step up extended base phantom for 750, right? It's a whole different level, but it's about the experience that you want now. But what was the last time you heard a car commercial for Rolls Royce? Or a sale. Labor Day sale on Rolls Royces <laughs> this weekend. Tuesday, <laughs> Tuesday, Tuesday. <laughs> we'll give you a free cruise. Now you hear. <laughs> But, that, but that's the point, but it's value versus price. So mm -hmm. some people are not your customer, right? Right. And I was talking to this beachfront condo. I said, look, you have a, under all this beautiful house is a piece of dirt. The piece of dirt's worth 2 million bucks. It just, it just is, right? Now you had a choice because I introduced you some builders and the builders were 250 a foot, 300, 350 a foot. You chose the builder that was $600 a square foot to build. 600 bucks a foot, right? Construction cost, not, not lot, construction. Wow. 600 bucks. Now I said, the buyer 
is going to appreciate that or not? I mean, do they care that there's 31 pilings that are driven an extra 14 feet down lower? Do they, they care that the triple pane windows, do they care that all these built-ins are from a special treated wood and you got all the different handles that are flown in from different places? So it's the Rolls guy, right? And it's not the Kia guy. It's the value versus price. You're not looking for the price conscious buyer. You're looking for the value driven buyer. And that's the whole point. Now, what you need to figure out is what are you looking for? Because the challenge in this industry right now is the industry as a whole has become a commodity because Joe Blow lists properties at seven, Susie will do it for six, Barbara does it for four and a half, and then your cousin Eddie will do it for three, and now some dot-com guys will do it for one and a half, right? That's the issue right now. It's one and a half, or four, or three, or six for it, because the key is they'll do it. Well, I like you, Craig, but Barbara said she'd list it for four and a half percent. Now, the moment those words come out of their mouth, we're commoditized and this industry is dead. Right. And then if driven on price, if that allow that price conversation you allow to happen, then you single handedly are taking down the industry. Well, if price was that important, why would Purple Bricks come into town, invest a hundred billion million dollars and then go out of the market and then leave? They had a better product. That's what the TV said. Right. They charge two percent. And you didn't need an agent and you don't need an agent yet. We're still here and they're not. So it can't be all price. It's right. It's not. But if you allow people to think it's price, now for some it is. Now there are some people that, great example, the um, girl who cuts my hair, she has a townhouse they're selling and we sent over one of our agents to go do a listing presentation and we've got, it was worth around 250, right? 240-ish. And she went like most people do, got an, an open door offer, right? And so open door offered her 242. Right. And our net was around after everything, which she was going to walk with about 220 right up at the end of the day with our net sheets. And so open door was 242. She'd walk with a little bit about the same, but it was guaranteed it was over. It was done. Right. So she says, I have a hard time not taking that one. I said, I don't blame you. I said, take it. Right. It's sitting there. I said, but here's the issue. There's a couple of blanks. They haven't done any inspections. Oh, yeah. They're they haven't done any of the repairs. They're going to come beat you up. And the pressure of the sale, you have until tomorrow at noon to respond or our offers off the table. Right. So that's sales techniques. Mm-hmm. That old school sales techniques, guys, just they, they just don't work. It's a value versus price. Now, the reality of it is I said I looked at their offer. I looked at the whole thing and I looked at their fuzzy pitch on the deal. And I said, if what they're saying is true, which it's not, then you should take that deal. So take that deal and the moment they wiggle from that price, get out of it and then we'll get you what we can, we'll know we can get you, but go through the experience, right? We don't get a penny from that at all. Right. Right. So, but we're walking through the process. So it's value versus price now. And that's perceived value versus price, which is underhanded in a lot of ways. I think the way that those things are presented, but it just depends on what are you actually going to offer? So it's value versus price. And I'm say, if you're in this business for a long term, you need to be competing on value. Because price will never end well. Which means you need to get skilled. And where do you get skilled at? YouTube. YouTube. <laughs> Facebook. Tom Ferry, Mike Ferry, Matt Ferry, Brian Buffini, Jared James, Kevin Ward, us, whatever you want to talk. I mean, there's a million people that are going to tell you stuff. And here's what they tell you. Get off your ass and go to work and talk to people. There's your sales training. That's it. Right? That's just hardcore numbers game. You're going to get business. Now... You just have to talk to fewer people, the higher skill level you possess. 
That's the difference on this deal. Even our old days, Mike Berry days. Oh, blow through numbers. You talk man. to 100 people to get one appointment. You get good skills, you can talk to 75 people to get an appointment. Yep. You become really good at your scripts and dialogues and you get down to one appointment for every 12 contacts. Yep. Because you're connecting. One time. One time. Right, and it works, right? Any hard scores, school sales techniques, numbers are the numbers still. But my point is as we are evolving, in over 60,000 transactions about now, yep. we've learned quite a bit, right? On how this game works and the lifetime value of a customer is 130 grand. And we teach it at our next level universities. That's right. So and it's intense and it's stuff you've never seen before that nobody else will believe. But when you actually get it, you go, wow. If you're building a business, business this matters. Now, if you're just here to do a couple of transactions, you can just be a bull in the China shop and go grab a couple of deals. You don't need help from anybody except somebody to kick your ass and make you go out. But if you're actually looking for a business that has repeat and referral business, you need to figure out what is your value proposition? Because you're either gonna be the low price, hoary person that's gonna do a couple transactions, or you're gonna be the high value agent that is going to really bring value and trust and confidence and competence and get repeat referral business for the, as long as you plan to be in this industry, then you have a book of business you can actually sell and then you can retire with a residual income if you do right and you provide value. But the right. commoditization of pricing is is bad. So if you're getting business now by undercutting, there's somebody always being able to undercut you. It's what's the greater whore theory for you, Jonathan. Right? <laughs> there's a... always somebody who will do it cheaper until there's zero margin in the product, and then the product's out. We just had that. An agent, we, I've got a, two agents in Apollo Beach that just control this marketplace, this little farm neighborhood they have. Yep. And this guy went FISBO, and they were talking to us about getting the job and an agent came and listed him for zero commission Yep. and paid 3% to cooperating broker. Yep. So this agent thinks, um, agent, not salesperson, yep. this agent thinks that they're going to get the listing, they're going to get some sign calls and they're going to sell it. That's the only compensation they get. Yep. So there, compete with that. You can't compete with zero. There, you can't. So, I mean, the, the, oh, they, you can. the they salesperson won, could. They won the greater whore race. I, but right? you know what happened? Well, it's going to get worse than that. They'll give a rebate. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because if you buy your house, not only will I list your house for free, I'll give you money back on the house you're going to go buy. There you go. Right? There's the race to the dirty bottom at that point in time. But now, is that really going to work long term? I don't know. I mean, we've gotten this. There's a, remember the company that was out there, they're gone now, that was listing for 0%. They just wanted the shot to do the construction remodeling yep, yep, work. Yep. Right? So there, there's a whole bunch of ideas. There's, guys, as the market is hot as it is, you see all kinds of ideas coming, all kinds of models, some funded, some not. And you know, what's gonna last is a value-driven person that is able to instill trust in people. That's right. That's really it. And now, does a brand do that? It helps, right? Does experience do that? Helps. Does a smart broker help? Helps. helps. Does a, a good manager who can push you help? Yep. yep. Does a whole culture help? Yep. Do you have people that you can rely on? Yeah. If you're building value, you need that whole team, right? So that's a big, big, big situation there. So sales versus agenting. So if you're being just an agent, do us all a favor, go do something else. I agree, I couldn't go, say that any stronger. Go do something else, get out of the industry and leave. I think it should be a minimum standard. Real estate commission should say, you have to sell a deal a month, 12 deals a year, or you're not qualified to keep your shingle because you can't have the experience at least 12. You can't have the experience of protecting a customer if you don't deal with them all the time. 
Well, that's a problem too, because people aren't protecting their customers. They're just facilitating transactions. What if a real estate, the real estate commission did that? That would be interesting. Minimum requirements. You have to do 12 deals a year. Well, that would, that's what would happen if the independent, independent contractor lawsuits ever got teeth. Yep. Right. And it would force independent contractorhood out of the window. And then you're going to end up with employees only. Right. And then employees only. I mean, it would be a whole different hiring strategy. Yeah. Right. When you're <laughs> writing somebody a check for 10 grand a month, there's going to be some requirements that attach to that paycheck. Yeah. So if your broker were writing you a check for 10 grand a month, what do you think they require you to do? Yeah. How lax are you going to be on saying, eh, I'll do it for two and a half percent? You won't. <laughs> right. <laughs> So that's interesting. So what are you seeing overall sentiment in the market? Uh, from it's, I mean, all markets I'm in right now, I'm studying are strong. We're definitely seeing inventory tightening more, which is surprising. It's just hard to get inventory. Um, prices are not declining. Our volume for October was better than October last year. And our volume for this, I'm sorry, our, our projected closings for this month, are like 12% higher than they were same month last year. That's really good for That's October because we start slowing down in quarter four, typically the Tampa Bay market does, yep. but November looks great. This, you know, the seasonality I'm noticing is gone, especially cause I'm a lot more on the Pinellas market and the seasonality and the tourism and that, that it, it's stable. It, it used to be a few months a year and then mm -hmm. starve the rest of the year. It's full on. I mean, occupancy rates are out of the park. Everything's going nuts right now. So we're seeing some really great things and inventory short. I read an article from my Vistage group and it said, it was a financial guy predicting the market. He said, definitely a recession is coming. They believe it's going to come middle of 2020. And by the fourth quarter of 2020, we'll be back on the increase again. So well, they're predicting a 90 day. 90 day recession. <laughs> recession. What, what is a recession? Now people confuse that because of the media yeah. and you think that it's a market crash and everyone's dead. No. no. It's two, three consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. Right. So things slow because things have to regulate, right? You can't go 95 miles an hour all the time. You got to slow down for gas, right? Eventually, mm -hmm. and then you can speed back up and go do it. And that's what the economy is doing too. I mean, you can't stop. keep what we're doing. You've got to catch your breath and do what you need to do. So it's a healthy thing to have it. So the recession's coming, the recession's coming. It's well, not that's a, when all the agents leave the business, which would be, yeah, but it's, it depends on which market you're in too, because are you in a, a real real estate market or are you in a fake one? Yeah, that's true. Right. Because a real real estate market are people that actually have to buy and sell homes with death, debt, divorce and jobs right now. The, the fake real estate markets are all of you investor related driven people right now. None of those people have to buy a house. They're doing it on speculation that there's going to be profit there. And if there's hiccups in the economy, we always joke we're a couple 500 point drop days on the Dow for investors to pull out of a couple of projects they're in right now, right? And then that's market segment goes away. So, I mean, investment resort properties that nobody needs, come on. That's the first thing that nobody needs a property that you can't live in, right? You don't <laughs> need it. So, I mean, and you don't need an island house, right? You, you get one when you feel comfortable and consumer confidence is there and income is stable and you feel confidence gonna project it to continue in that, mat that fashion then you make investments and you buy things that make you happy. But the moment that consumer confidence shifts, people pull back. Okay. So when that pullback happens, if you're relying on a marketplace that is not regular person real estate, you're gonna feel it. 
if you're dealing with regular person real estate, you're not going to feel it because regular people have kids and get married and get divorced no matter what the economy is well, doing. Well, it's actually better than that because as the number of agents goes down, the number of agents that last get more business. That's right. The agent count will drop faster than the transaction count because most agents don't make any money right now anyway. And then people really hear that most agents don't make any money anyway. I saw a stat the other 50% of most brokerages have zero production. And we're 10 months into a year. 50% of the brokerages 50, yeah. right now? Yeah, so if you've got a brokerage of 30 people, 15 have done nothing. Yeah. If you have 50 people, 25 have done nothing. So out of a million six agents, there's 800,000 of them have done zero. Yes. So there's really 800,000 agents doing 6 million transactions. Right. Which is about right. Average of But about it's eight. really 20% of that 800,000 or 160,000 are right. doing the bulk of the six. But those million. are real, real people and those are just agents doing it. Now, the real salespeople are the ones that are crushing it, right. right? And they're doing very well in the markets like this. And then they're going to be doing very well in markets after this because they're doing a great job right now collecting everybody they can at $130,000 a clip, mm -hmm. right? So when the market changes and then their friends have a house need and they start referring business to you, so you're able to ride out. And then especially if the market turns and the economy does take a turn, and people start getting in financial trouble, then the agent's gonna, value is worth even more. Then you're going to have to have somebody you really trust walk you through the process. That's so, when the customer says, sorry, son, I'm not going to use you as my agent. I need somebody with experience now. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and that's where trust comes in. And that's where sales is. So circling back to, to the original point is sales is connections, right? And connections only happen when... or. When a salesperson sales is really dad always says what trust is the currency of the future right right and you can only have trust if people feel a connection with you and people aren't going to feel a connection with you unless you actually pay attention to the people that you're talking with and actually find something you have a connection with right and it's can i trust you are you good at what you do and do you care about me mm -hmm. and those three things is what's going to change the entire market for you so if you're not building your value right now as a true salesperson with sales skills if you can't look at your leads right now and honestly, do this right now. Look at your top five leads at right now. If you can't tell me whether they're DISC personalities, are they visually based, auditory based, kinesthetic based? What are some of their hot button words that they're using all the time? If you don't have notes on every one of your leads right now, you're an agent, okay? Hmm. You just are. And you're not going to make it long-term because you're not building a connection. You might do a transaction, but you're not building a connection. And the connection is what makes your phone ring three years later. It's not the fact that you did a transaction. 85% of clients want to do use the agent that they bought from and 15% actually do. Yep. So that's the Delta spread. Something I've been talking about salespeople. in the mornings is um, if you're not following with your past clients, somebody else is, Yeah. you know, cause they are shopping on Zillow. They're on realtor.com. They're on Redfin way before they reach out to you way before. And they're reaching out to other people. Just by email, they don't feel they're cheating on you or anything. Yep. But they're reaching out to other agents who are responding back to their questions. They're not re responding back to them either. But now Susie's customer is being contacted by Bobby and by Johnny and by Tommy. And so if Tommy's if, a salesperson. Yeah, he's going to provide some value that's going to be, well, I haven't really heard from Jeff in a while. Yep. And then Tommy puts them in a CRM and starts getting emails and text and creeps into their Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn accounts. And then all of a sudden, Tommy just became top of mind and you lost your client. Yep. And that's what's happened. And that's what we're teaching agents who don't have a client base to
to go after and steal yours. Yeah. Right. And there's really no need for any new agents. Every house that was sold had an agent involved. Right. So why do we need more agents? Just go to the agents who sold you the house. Yet we're adding, you know, a thousand agents a week. Yep. So takeaway, when the market is awesome, fine tune your sales skills. So when the market's not awesome, you can crush it. I like that. Right. That's really it. So self audit. Are you a salesperson? I hope you are. And if you're an agent, stop it and either stop. get out of the business or become a salesperson. And then if you don't have a support system around you guys, go get one because it's not going to end well if you don't have one. So leverage more on your brokerage, leverage more on your manager, leverage more on your brand, leverage more on whatever you can. Your that's going to help you get what you want, your admins, your assistants, whatever you need. And then as always, reach out to us with anything we can do to help you. Rising Tide raises all boats and that's what we're here to do for you guys. So thanks for watching. Thank you for watching.